we, uh, we've been on a journey in the last while looking at prophecy, um, looking at prophecy, looking at fasting, okay? And um, I prepared a talk this week and I was just sort of before the Lord and, you know, in that holy place, you know, my halo was shining. Maybe it was just the reflection off the top of my head, right? <clears throat> but it was like, I just felt the Lord say, I don't actually want you to preach today. I want you to embody surrender. And um, it's a word that a number came to the prayer meeting this morning with, and, and that's always encouraging, right? And so the, the, the premise of fasting is to relinquish control for the purpose of God to do what otherwise he wouldn't be able to do in us because we're, we're just running along, busying ourselves and fulfilling ourselves in such a way that we become deaf to what he's doing and saying. And so fasting positions us in a place of utter dependency where we start to realise not only our physical fragility but also our spiritual need for him and his presence. It ignites a hunger in us, not just physically, I want that, that, that another meal. It's physically and spiritual because we're embodied spirits. I'm hungry for you, God. Because this physical hunger is pointing to a spiritual desire and that spiritual desire can only be met by you, Jesus. There's, there's something as a community that we don't want that that is just religious, that is just structure, that is just form, that is just our practice. And, and even though we're charismatic, reformed evangelicals, and you can add some more to that list, we still have our form, right? And so we have our form and we gather and we welcome and then we have a time of worship and we see if the Holy Spirit's going to speak and then we have a word and then maybe we'll have some ministry and we think, look, we're free, we have no liturgy, we don't, you know, and it's like, really? You know, yeah. You know, it's like, no, you have your form and your practice, and that's okay. But sometimes the Lord says, actually, I'm in charge, and I want to do something else. And we're like, okay. All right, I don't know what that is. It's, it's your, your people. They're not mine. They're your people. We're under shepherds who lead, but they're your people. So what do you want to do, Lord? It's like this, this fasting thing is not about food. It's not about the religious discipline of fasting. It's about hunger for the one who loves us with such an incredible love that when we're satisfied with food, when we're satisfied with stuff, we miss it. We miss the gift giver because of the gifts. And it's like, Lord, I'm so grateful for the gifts. I live in Christmas every day. You know, we do in the West. We live in Christmas every day. We've got Amazon Prime. We've got Netflix. We've got food on the table. We've got shelter. We've got warmth. We've got clothing. We've got transportation. We've got safety and security on the streets. I mean, wow. It's like Christmas every day. And yet all of the good stuff can just come down and make us sleepy. You know what it's like after you've had a Christmas meal? 
And you're like, yeah. And the kid's like, we want to play, we want to play. And you're like, everything in me just wants to go to sleep. I've got that insulin overload. I'm just like, I've just had way too much sugary stuff. And I'm like, you know. And that, and that can be life, right? We've got so much goodness, so much richness, so much flavor, so much stuff that actually we, we lose sight of the one thing. And there's actually only one thing that satisfies us, and that's a person, and that's Jesus. So fasting is principally about a hunger being developed in us for Jesus. But the only reason we're talking about fasting, the only reason fasting's in the scripture is because God put it there, because he's the initiator of all things. He's the one who starts the ball rolling. And sometimes we can think, well, you know, we'll, we'll get together and we'll pray. And, and if we pray, then God will do something. It, it, God started that in your heart already, to pray. He's the initiator of everything. And so it's like, okay, God, you're talking to us about hunger for you. And if you premise that there's a hunger that is for you, then you must be edible. But Jesus says, you're to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And then a whole load of people walked off. Because they went, really? That's pretty gross. No idea what you're talking about. I think you've lost your mind. And then Jesus turns to the disciples and goes, are you going to do the same? Are you going to leave me as well? And they're like, where else can we go? You're the only one who has the words of life, the words of eternal life. Where else are we going to go? But Jesus makes it explicit. It's like, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You've got to partake of me. You've got to feast on me. In John 6, he explains to people that, that there is spiritual food in the kingdom that grows us spiritually rather than just material food like bread. Jesus describes himself as the bread of life. He also describes himself as the wellspring of the water that will always satisfy and never run out, that you may never thirst again. And he says, come and eat of me and you will be satisfied and you will hunger and thirst no more. And we're like, man, I just had a bagel. Not that hungry. I just had some cheesecake. I just had a nice Sunday roast. I just had, I just had, I just had. And our hunger is just satiated. It's just kept under control by our experience in life. And the Lord says, come away with me. Come away with me. Leave my gifts to one side for a minute. And come away and feast on me. Enjoy me. And that requires a couple of things. One, that requires a surrender. It's like, okay, what, what do I want to do with my time and my body? And Jesus just whispers to us, you know, it's like, you know that originating command? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. That's because that's where flourishing is. That's where you flourish. This other stuff that makes you think you're flourishing doesn't actually bring flourishing. It brings sleepiness and it brings deadness in the spiritual realm. And so my church sleepwalks into in the light rather than being awake in the fight. 
There you go, look, there's a bit of poetry. You know? And it's like, Lord, we don't want to be asleep in the light because we're so satisfied with all your good gifts. We want to be fighting in the light. We want to be awake to the things you're doing with your spirit. We want to be attuned to you and what you're doing rather than just the busyness and all the good stuff of this world. And fasting places us in that position. It's a fundamental shift and it makes us realize that our physical weakness is reflecting our spiritual need for him and his power and his presence. When Jesus teaches us the Lord's Prayer and he says, our Father is out in heaven and he breaks it all down and he says, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. What does Jesus say to us about his kingdom? He says, you won't be able to say, look, over there, there's the kingdom of heaven. Or look, here it is, he says. He says, no, the kingdom of heaven is within you. Fasting creates a space for the kingdom of heaven to expand within in us so that we become a people who carry and convey his presence and that's what the world needs. I was rereading um, Roland um, Baker's book, Heidi and Roland Baker, who are working out in Mozambique and, and Malawi. And as a ministry, Iris don't send anybody out until they're on fire and in love with Jesus. Because if you're not on fire and in love with Jesus, you're not going to replicate people being on fire in love with Jesus. And that's what they want to see. And that's why the church is literally like a firestorm running across the country. Tens of thousands of churches, pastors, people energised by the Holy Spirit because they've surrendered and they've got to that point of saying, do you know what, I can't do this. And there's that phrase, you know, I can't, he can, so we will. But if we ever think I can, we miss the very bit of the journey, which is, I can't actually. I only can in him. And I need to be filled by him in order to do it. Now, to be filled, we have to empty and we have to die. Does that sound like a good proposition? Take up your cross and follow me. Unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it cannot bear much fruit. Jesus' picture for us in, in following him is this collapse in on itself of the self and this expansion of the created identity of sons and daughters in Christ filling and swelling and growing and being fruitful in his spirit. It's the old self, the old nature that dies, and it's the new creation that comes alive in Christ. And that all requires space. What fasting does is it creates an awareness in us of what's there. Do you remember the Snickers adverts? You know, you've got um, Joan Collins. Do you know Joan Collins? She's there in the football changing room, putting her boots back on, and she's grousing and moaning. And they're like, oh, mate, have a Snickers. And then he has a Snickers and he turns back into a football player. 
He's like, oh, she was hangry, you know. They were hangry. They were hungry and angry. And it's this thing of actually when our soul isn't satisfied, when our body isn't satiated, when it isn't leveled off by food intake, the things of the heart start to present. It's like, oh, I didn't know that was in there. I didn't know there was that lack of grace and that impatience and and that longing to be in control. I didn't realise that all this stuff was active in me because I've just levelled myself off with food. And whenever I have that need to to meet a, a, a spiritual need, I have a sandwich or I have a chocolate bar or I have something else. When I feel that need, I meet it with food. And as we've been exploring today, what the Lord does is he allows us to go through a journey not to punish us, not to make it hard, not to be difficult, but to present and reveal things that he seeks to change. And so it's like, oh, Lord, this is hard. This is painful. I don't like it. But it's like, that's okay. Because it's in the transformation that I get to work. And it's all right. It's fine to be hungry. It's fine to recognize the difference between where you want to be and where you are. That's great because that's the journey. And so fasting is principally about surrendering ourselves to the spirit and allowing him to work a deeper work in us, to expand us, that Jesus might more fill us. And actually all that does is it just becomes this self-perpetuating thing. Because the more filled we are with him, the more we want him. Because we've tasted and seen that he's really, really good. And we want more of him. And so we want the other stuff to go away and we just want more of him. That's why he says the things of this world can't occupy the same space in your hearts as love for God. You can't, you can't have a love for money and stuff residing in here and hold on to it and then say, Lord, fill me. Because you're not releasing the space for him to fill. You're saying, well, I'm going to hold on to this bit. I'm going to trust this God mammon. I'm going to trust stuff to meet my needs, but I want you to fill me. He's like, no, I want you to let go of that, let go of that, let go of that. Forget those things, come and follow me. It's a radical discipleship and a pursuit of him and his presence that he's after. And that's what he's after amongst us. It's what empowers us, it's what strengthens us, it's what enables us is his presence and his infilling. That's it. And I'm like, okay. So what we need to do is come to you and ask for your presence and for your infilling. In Matthew 18, Jesus brings a little child in front of him and he says, see this child? This child without any preconditions as to why they're standing there. They haven't got any theological, any hermeneutic arguments. They haven't got a set of doctrinal beliefs that have been approved, checked and balanced and understood. They haven't got a rationale for how they're going to go about what they're going to do next week or tomorrow. They're there and they're trusting me. And he says, for such as these belong the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not saying doctrine and scripture are irrelevant. I'm not saying that. What's primary is that ability to come to Jesus and stand there and go, I'm loved, I'm known, I'm supposed to be here and he's got all of me and my eyes are on him and I'm not putting them anywhere else. That's it. That's it. What I'd like us to do is just to 
to pray, to minister together. And um, if you'd like specific prayer, please come to some of the leaders in the room, group leaders, others that are available, and uh, if you want prayer. But I want us to particularly pray that we get this hunger for Jesus. Because it's him and his presence in this community which is going to transform us, which is going to transform the town, if that's God's will, in this generation. It's that. It's nothing else. It's not our wisdom. It's not our intellect. It's not our gift. It's, not, it's Jesus. And what we want to do is give people a taste of Jesus. And in order to give him a taste of Jesus, we need to be more filled with Jesus. And that's surrender and emptying. So I'd like you to pray for hunger that we have a hunger for him and his presence more than we've ever had it before. It's a dangerous prayer, but I encourage you to ask it. And then as you've raised the prayer for hunger, I want you to thank God for the answer because God only creates a hunger in you for that which exists. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you, says the Lord. Does that make sense? Yeah? Let's get to it. Thank you.